Hey guys, this is Jose Flores. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode two. I got some of my really good friends with me today, Stephen and Wes. I think we've we've known each other for probably, I guess, about the same. I've met both of y'all around the same time. I think, right? Yeah. Well, I think I think you met me first. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That is true. Uh, and it comes out already. <laughs> Probably by like a month or something like that. Yeah, a month or two. Mm-hmm. So we were already, we've been texting before. So um, Wes, do you want to, can you give like a, a quick background um, on yourself? Um Maybe what you're into and, and things like that, and uh, and then Stephen, and then we'll we'll get into it. Do you do you want me to talk about my experience at NASA building rockets or? Uh... Yeah, you know, I mean that's the small part. So I don't know if you want to. Go... <laughs> First, tell us what you're drinking. Again. <laughs> well, the beer of the night is the Real Ale Brewing Company out of Blanco, Texas. And it is quadruple. <laughs> and uh, it is, uh, I think they call it Black Quad, quadruple <laughs> ale. And uh, it's a good dark beer, uh, about 10.5% alcohol. Oh, crap. And uh, so be very careful with it. It's, this is not for amateurs. <laughs> sounds sounds for like a good slushy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. slushy. Sounds like something you want to drink hot in the summer's day. Exactly, uh. exactly. Um, so yeah, um, my background. Um, I've done just about anything there is to do, from pest control technician to uh, light mechanical work to carpet cleaning. Running a business doing automotive reconditioning, and uh, my the the thing I really love is motorcycling, and specifically adventure motorcycling, uh, riding off road. And me and my uh, son-in-law, I was going to say my bonehead son-in-law, but you know that that wouldn't be polite. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> choose your words carefully. I know yeah. where you sleep. Yeah. Steven, are you are you drinking too or no not yet? I had a couple of gin and tonics. Oh man. Okay, yes. okay. So I'm I'm there with you guys. That's yeah. I guess that's why everybody's feeling saucy about doing motorcycle rides and you're like, oh, it's not that big of a fall from there. I'm like <laughs> I'm seeing the same video. These guys are <laughs> It's only a thousand foot drop. What are you talking about? I mean, we about? we were pretty much there. I mean, with the exception of a couple of passes that that they just weren't open or they were highly recommended to, to bypass. So for yeah. everyone listening, uh, Stephen and Wes took a trip. What, uh, was it last year or the year before? That was 2018. Well, we've, we've done this trip. We, we have a company called Adventure Tejas and we do adventure tours in the Texas Hill Country, um, which is a lot of fun. It is, it's not enduro racing or anything like that. It, it is a tour um, of the Texas Hill Country on gravel and dirt roads, and we throw in some water crossings and things. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun, but every year we do a 
charity ride for Ultimate Sacrifice Association out of Dallas, Texas. And uh, they help with uh, uh, first responders that have been injured or killed in the line of duty. And so since 2016 was our first year to do a ride through New Mexico and Colorado. Yeah. And we did that 2016, 2017. And then 2018, we decided to do two different rides, which was the Colorado Backcountry Discovery Route through Colorado up into Wyoming, and then the Shadow of the Rockies uh, Transamerica Trail ride back through uh, Colorado, and uh, about 1,400 miles through Colorado on four-wheel drive trails. I think people and, uh, people need to understand how um, how rugged off the beat some of these these places are I oh mean, yeah there there there's there's some of it that's you know fire roads are pretty yeah. well graded and everything but yeah there's some of it that's high clearance four-wheel drive only um not maintained roads like one we were just talking about Stephen, uh tin cup pass it's no longer maintained by the Ooh. forest service and uh it gets pretty rugged Especially when you're on two wheels and you have to maintain balance with, and you uh, got all your gear with you. Yeah, yeah, you're pushing on the weather. pounds with the bike yeah. speed ride, and uh, so yeah, that's kind of what we do. And um, so we do this ride every year. And uh, 19, we we did not do it. Instead, I went to a rally uh, up in Colorado, uh, but we're planning a big one. In August of uh, 2020, providing um, we're all able to get out because of this stupid it. virus thing. Um, Maybe we should normal. all just get injected with it and get it over with. Just get it over with. Just yeah, yeah. We'll just go just through. Just be it. like a chicken pox where they used to send you to the neighbors. Like, oh, Timmy Hazard, send them over there. <laughs> yeah, Stupid. yeah. Nobody's yeah. gonna get That's- it. Hey, I've actually heard some uh, some infectious diseases specialists say that that you know this whole quarantine thing so wait, uh, is a mistake. So what you're telling me is you people know? are doing Rona parties now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Billy's got it. Let's go to his house, man. Be like, <laughs> be like, I went to the wrong party and got drunk because he said Rona. Oh man, this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this 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 podcast may be all over the place steven give give us like a, a little bit of your background man oh man i'm i'm just a little you know i'm just a i'm just a guy you know just trying to do life just sucking air and breathing it back out you know do life best i can uh <laughs> hey you've been you've been killing it business lately though yeah so so what i do for a living is i've I've got a, a a pressure washing business called First Class Pressure Wash. Uh, but before that, I uh, actually worked with my father-in-law in, in his uh, automotive reconditioning. Um, which, is, which is Wes, the other guy on. So just to yeah. clarify again, if yeah. you didn't catch that. So. And, um, but yeah, so I've been doing the pressure washing business now for almost three years. Um, this year will be, three, be uh, my third, Dang, really third year anniversary. Now? Yeah, it goes by so quick, doesn't it? Wow. It's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um uh let's see, developed my love for motorcycles uh when I was a teenager. Uh kind of left kind of like lost my first love uh of it 
for a little while until I was about 20, uh, about 26, 27 years old. Because you had a little hot rod uh, moped, right? Vino. Yeah, yeah the little Vino <laughs> moped. Uh, and that's what I drove around town to go, you know, to and from work and, and head on over to a friend's house or whatever, you know. The the Vino cool is also known as the Terror of Tokyo. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Wes, what what was your first bike, man? I'm curious now. Um, first first ever was a Chibi. Chibi. C H I B I. It was uh, a Chibi. It was uh, made by Rockford Motors in Japan. Um, my, it's funny. My next door neighbor called it a Chibi, <laughs> <laughs> but it was. Um, it was a little 60cc. It was kind of like a Honda Mini Trail, mm-hmm. but it was 60cc and it had a manual uh, transmission, three-speed, oh, wow. you know, manual transmission. That the Mini yeah. Trail was, you know, a, a automatic clutch. Automatic, yeah, yeah. Was the and, was the uh, Honda Cub a automatic, or what was that? Was that similar to you this? You know, I'm, I'm I don't remember if the Cub was a automatic or a semi-automatic. I'm yeah. not sure. I don't remember. Um, but uh, that was my very first one, and then I graduated. When I was sixteen, I graduated to a Suzuki uh, TC125 Prospector. Oh man! And uh, it was a uh, it was a cool little motorcycle. It was only a four speed, but it had um, a little uh, uh, lever, and it would go from four trail gears to four street gears. Oh, that's uh, I think cool. it changes change sprockets and uh, yeah so i mean and you put that thing in in trail mode and you know it was a two cycle 125 but it would just crawl up any hill yeah. i out. bet it was just I mean, super you know, but, torquey oh yeah yeah super like torquey the, like uh, tough the speed was about have. 35 or 40 mile an hour Dang. um you know unless you kicked it into uh street gear mm-hmm. but uh and then i went from that to uh the big thing where I grew up, you weren't allowed to ride anything bigger than a 150 um, until you were 18. So when I turned 18, um, I went to a 440 Kawasaki Dang. A street bike. And so I rode that um, for a long time. And then I went to a 650 Yamaha V-Star. Those were cool, it, man. Those yeah. V-Stars, are, they're still cool. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty nice. Yeah. Um, V Star the 650 was a little underpowered, but you know it was a nice, nice street bike. Yeah, um, street, yeah. And then I went to a, uh, a Kawasaki uh, Concourse 1000 uh, tour, and then my eyes after that, my eyes were open. I was enlightened. You were enlightened uh, to the BMW. <laughs> to the BMW. I, got, I got the 96 BMW R1100RT. Oh, man. And uh, followed that with an 04RT 1150. And, uh, and then uh, went to the dark side. My son-in-law, Stephen, was an influence. <laughs> <laughs> the 650 Wait, and we got to stop because we got to backtrack how all this crazy motorcycle thing happened. So, so, so who, who introduced you to motorcycles, Wes? Oh, goodness. That was, uh, you know, I don't even remember. It was, 
when I was growing up, um, and this was back in the day when we did crazy things like, you know, road to dairy queen in the back of pickup trucks and things like that. I mean, just dangerous <laughs> daredevil stunts. Um, chicken you know, pox. Chicken yeah, pox we got chicken and... pox. And I mean, we got, it was crazy. Life was just, it was Life like was... a frontier. <laughs> and, uh, you know, wild things back in the 60s. But uh, mm-hmm. um, that's what you call drugs, right? Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Just- but a bunch of hippies back then. Bunch they didn't care about life. Yeah, bunch of hippies. Uh, it was just all cool. But, yeah. you know, that was, uh, it just started in uh, with kids in our neighborhood with the Honda Mini Trail. And oh, yeah. um, we had the one neighbor that was like really big time. He had the Harley Davidson 60cc with a clutch. Oof. And uh, Lord, that was, you know, that was the start of it. And then another neighbor got a Kawasaki 100 dual sport, which was a real motorcycle with spoke <laughs> wheels and everything. And uh, so it just went on from there. I mean, my whole life, I grew up from probably the age of uh, probably 12, 10 or 12 on, uh, on motorcycles. Dang. So that was kind of my start to the whole thing. I started off, obviously, off road on dirt. Yeah, uh, um, not very skilled, um, but uh, that was a, my start to motorcycle. But, but now you're back, Stephen. Do you remember who influenced you on on like wanting to have a bike, or was it like you saw it on TV or one of your uncles or something? Do you remember? Um, I, when I was younger, when my when so it goes back to the Vito uh, moped, and mm-hmm. when when my parents got that little moped, my dad also got himself a V star. It was like a six sixty V star or something like that. Huh. Yamaha. Yeah. And so he had that thing for a little while. It was the prettiest thing I'd ever seen, man. It was, it was be a real beautiful red uh, color. And, uh, he would take me to school on it, you know, every once wow. in a while. That's cool. And, um, and but it honestly it didn't get rekindled until um, until you brought that demonic poster up to work. <laughs> Charlie oh. and you and <laughs> brought, so, he brought in a poster of the Yamaha Bolt. The Yamaha Bolt, yeah. So so let me let me I'll tell my. <laughs> so that, for me it was when we were when I lived in Mexico, my uncle. Uh, had a Honda CB. I can't remember what it was. I remember it was just a, a silver, just a beautiful silver. And he took me on a ride, and I was just like, "Oh man, like I just, I gotta have a bike. I gotta have a bike." And um, you know, uh, growing up in Mexico uh, a little bit, we would see they, they actually had. Uh, I've gone back and done some research and they used to have like flat track and off-road courses uh, where I'm from, which is pretty cool. And so I've always wanted one, always wanted one. And then me and Steven were working together and I don't, I don't even know how or when I started looking at bikes again. And I went to a, I think I went to a, the, our local like Yamaha dealership or Kawasaki, whatever it is, and picked a poster up, and it just went. It, I mean, we just like went down a slippery slope that I, I think I'm still paying for it, and uh, it doesn't matter 
what time of day I still look at bikes and cars every day. Um, yeah, that was crazy. So then, spe- wait, spe- speaking of which, I think I know of a really cool 650 GS that might be for sale. Oh, is it? Is it? Could it be coming up for sale, Wes? I mean, I don't know. It's uh, you know, it's red. It's already got all kinds of goodies on it. <laughs> no, not quite yet. <laughs> not little red. Little red is actually <laughs> going to be a uh, little gray pretty soon. Um, Ooh, you got some plans? Yes, for it, I huh? do. Um, I've got several parts that I need to put on it. Uh, I've been uh, scavenging things on eBay, and uh, it's going to be painted. I believe the color I've settled on now is it's called Abyss Gray from Ford. Um, oh, nice. Gray metallic. Yeah, it's a light gray, a little bit lighter than a battleship gray. Um, yeah. Metallic color. I've seen it on there. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful color. But uh, anyway, I think that's what's going to happen with that. And then once I get done, the plan is once I get done with it uh, to sell it. But, you know, <laughs> I'll probably get finished with I, you it. Know, I won't want to get rid of it. You know where I think I'm, you know where I think I'm landing is I, I really need to look for like a, a, a seven, like a 750 or 850, something like that, like in, in that range. I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're looking. I'll tell you, if you're looking to go new, the new uh, Yamaha Tenere 700 is looking pretty awesome. It's um, not as capable off-road as the 790 uh, KTM, but it's it's very user-friendly. And um, I've even got uh, a friend that is a big KTM guy. Uh, He's switching over? KTM six days Duro and uh, had a 1090 and uh, also Dang. 1090 Adventure R from KTM. And he said that his next bike may be that Tenere 700 because it's just so all around usable. Um, That's crazy for him yeah. to say that. Um, so back to, back to that poster, Steven, I remember uh, me and Steven were working at, at, at the time at a, a job. And um, then we were like, let's get our drivers, let's get our motorcycle license. And uh, Stephen, you you tell the story behind that because you you were the one who basically got us to the. No, yeah, because so I basically just twisted every employee's arm, made them feel terrible (laughs) if they wouldn't contribute to your birthday present. Which was, um, you know, it, it was the fun. It was funds needed uh, to go towards the uh, motorcycle class, <laughs> and and I suckered everybody in that office to donate oh, a gift to go do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so and they did, and so before we knew it, we we signed up to do the the you know the following class and and. Off we went and got it done in a weekend. In freaking January. Here's the funny thing. Oh, yeah, it was cold. (laughs) It was was like 14 degrees, no joke, I remember. And the (laughs) night before, it was my birthday, and we went out and had some drinks. And I may have had one too many. And we went to the class, and my first, like, 
30 minutes, I almost got kicked out twice. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, Flores, if you don't straighten up, you're going to go home. Because <laughs> I, I, end, I, ended, I ended up hitting someone from the back. And I was like, oh, my goodness. They probably think I'm like, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I straightened up. I, I've always wanted to get my license. So, anyways. But, yeah, it. That process was super cool. I, I learned a lot. Like I learned a lot. Um, yeah, it's very helpful. Course. Wes, you've taken some classes here, like recently in the past years. Like, it, like what would you say? Like, like for anybody that it's been riding for a long time and it's kind of like ah, I don't know if I should take some other classes. I'm pretty, you know, I've been riding for a while. Like, what would your advice be? Um, <clears throat> yeah, definitely take some classes. It's uh, don't be a dumbass. Yeah, yeah, don't be an idiot. <laughs> I mean, you know, here's the thing. You know, I've been riding a long time. I mean, cause cause I'm really old. Yeah, you <laughs> old man. But you know, I mean, I'm I'll be sixty here in a few months, and uh, I've been riding a long time, and I've I've ridden quite a bit off road. Um, so there's a lot of things I've learned by default, um, trial and error. And, you know, working with small bikes, but I decided to go to um, a school in Oklahoma. It's Bill uh, Dragoo is his name, D-R-A-G-O-O. Um, he's very well known in the adventure community. And uh, anyway, it's called DART, Dragoo Adventure Rider Training. And oh, I decided fun. to go to that. And, uh, I, you know, I don't care what your level of is there were a lot of things in the class that I already knew but there were a lot of things I didn't know there were several things that it just it helped so much to have another set of eyes watching you yeah. because there's things you do that you don't know you're doing when you're riding uh, and the instructors yeah. can point out to you hey you know why are you looking here why are you doing this why do you have this habit um and so, um, yeah, I went through uh, uh, Bill's class uh, levels one and two, and I'm going back for the final uh, level three, which is uh, deep sand and rocks, uh, two-day course. Um, it was supposed to be in March, got canceled because of the Wuhan coronavirus Corona. thing, uh, <laughs> rescheduled for June. But uh, I would highly recommend it. I mean, I think the you know the more you invest in that, uh, the better the rider you become, um, the safer you are. Yeah, you just become more aware. It's yeah. like it's like when you and, ride and the, with experienced riders, yeah, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. you know you, you're able. Um, heard a gentleman one time, uh, Simon Pavey, who um, has been a Dakar finisher several times and did a lot of, has done a lot Freaking of training. Badass guy. Um, yeah. He was one of the uh, members of the team that uh, Charlie Borman had in race to Dakar in 2006, I believe it was. Um, yeah. And, you know, Simon, yeah. his main advice was never ride above 80% of your ability because you need that 20% of reserve in case you get in trouble. And the thing yeah, is, yeah. you increase your skill level to where that 80% becomes more and more um, capable. And so, yeah. you know, I don't care how good you are, you can always learn something. Could always yeah, improve. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, they, I wasn't I was sure gonna, about it when that, I went. In fact, Bill told me when I got there, he said, well, I hope you get something out of this class. I hope it's not too elementary for you. And after I went through it, I was like, holy cow, there are things these guys told me that I was doing that I didn't, you know, I had no clue. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's very important. I was Steven just going to throw in there. I was going to throw in there too, that I, I would imagine also that as you, as you take classes like that, um, that your adventure rides will become more and more enjoyable. So what used to be daunting to you yes. in the past, you know, now that you have the, the skill and, and the, the experience, then those same, those same, um, obstacles become fun and not daunting exactly um and i and i haven't you know i haven't done a class like what you've done wes but i can definitely attest to because of the trial and error you know looking back at at some of the stuff that we've done i think that if we would have done that on our first trip you know i would have been there's no way there's no way i could do this yeah 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 steven uh what's your what's your is your bike running right now no well i mean it could it can run that was not a jab (laughs) it could run uh but i'm choosing not to because it it needs um it needs a little bit of repairs Mm -hmm. um i actually did all of last year or 2018 with it the way that it currently is um but i don't think that i should probably continue to to beat the pig yeah um any further in, in in support of Stephen, Stephen and I both ride um, our main motorcycle is a 2001 BMW 1150. Um, those things will run forever. They're reliable as can be. Um, but workhorse this 2001. Yeah, that, you know, I mean that's that's 19 years old, and you get to a point to where you start to need to do some some basic maintenance on it. Um, and you know, my bike, I just had to tear apart the the brake calipers and completely rebuild them oh that's right um yeah and you know and there's there's other things i mean you know i know you know besides just you know like a battery which goes bad all the you know every few years um there are just things that need to be done and uh you know i think that's why steven's bike has been kind of sidelined is it does take the time and money to do that stuff to make that bike safe after so long you know you need to do some things to maintain it and uh very yeah. minor stuff but uh you know it does need to be done so steven you think you're uh you're potentially gonna just fix it or maybe look for something else oh no i think i'll keep it um i don't plan on selling it anytime soon Um, now i guess if like you know if an opportunity did arise for me to purchase another bike yeah um, i think i'd be torn about whether i'd sell it or not or keep it yeah yeah i just you know it's my first i mean so so like you know i went from that vino which is like a 49 cc motorbike you know quote unquote motorbike um and then, um, and then I got a uh, a, Su- a Suzuki and M. I think it was an M. Yeah, yeah, it was the M. Boulevard, which was a, you know, my first real bike. It was a fun uh, was bike. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was eight hundred V twin. Uh huh. And then from there, um, I jumped into the uh, eleven fifty, uh, dual capable bike, 
And that's my first, that was my first dirt capable motorcycle. Remember, um, um, when was it that me and you go one time and we were coming back from hunt on the, on the road and like two deer hopped in front of us. I think we still had the old bikes, the, the, the Suzuki Boulevards and, uh, it was like the deer just jumped in front of it. Was it was actually not deer? It was actually all dad. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, I do remember, remember that. that. I do remember that? Yeah. I, was, I think we like we ended up running into like two or three deer that jumped in front of us that same that same night. And then Wes, you you almost hit a bear. <laughs> oh, that's a good story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's you a good story. A yeah, yeah, that was. That, uh, we got to tell the backstory yeah, that to that was, one because. We were from a previous trip. Um, Stephen and I made our first, actually, our first trip through New Mexico and Colorado. Um, it was just kind of a joke, you know, that we would say, "Oh, we saw a bear," and it, what it really meant was you saw a cow, you know, a brown, a brown yeah, bear yeah. or a black bear or a panda bear, you know, it was it was, Thanks, it was a black and white cow, you know, not a panda bear. Yeah, and so we were just kind of joking about. It. So the next year. We were kind of still, you know, every so often we'd say, oh, just saw a brown bear, you know, and yeah, ha, ha, ha. And uh, anyway, we were in Colorado and uh, north northwestern Colorado, and we were going up a steep incline. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was. I was pretty yeah, far behind yeah. you. Or not too far, but but enough to where, like, I couldn't really see what was yeah, in front of yeah. you. Yeah, and it was. You know, we, so. we were well. We were maintaining the distance because it was pretty slippery. It was pretty loose, oh, and uh, I was climbing up this hill in this loose rock. And you know, I was trying to get some momentum going up. And I got to the crest of it, and there was a big bush on my right hand side. And I got up over it, cliff on one side, and drop yeah, off on the and other. I, as soon as I get off up to the top of this thing. This little cinnamon-colored bear <laughs> runs right out in front of me, and I mean, just you know, he but he wasn't huge. He wasn't a brown bear, you know. It was a black bear, it was cinnamon yeah. colored. Um, but you know, he was he was still probably two hundred and fifty pounds, you know, three hundred pounds. I mean, he was pretty good size. Dude, that'll do some damage. Yeah, really yeah. I mean, quick. you know, it would it would hurt yeah. him and you if you hit him, and. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, he was just scared as I was, but I mean, I just missed this guy. Anyway, I I told Stephen right away. I was like, I was like, oh crap, you know, I didn't use that exact wording, but uh, you know, a bear, <laughs> and he thought I was talking about a cow. Yeah, so you know, I was like, I'm just shocked, you know. It's like anyway, he comes up behind me. He's like. Oh my gosh! It was a bear. He saw it running up the side of the mountain, you know, and and uh, yeah, almost hit that thing. I mean, I was probably, I mean, it, he crossed, you know, probably ten feet in front of me when I was riding up there, and uh, scared me. I guarantee you, it scared me more than it scared him. And the video never gives it justice. No. No, it happens so quick on the video. It does, and plus, you're you're shooting, you know. Everything we shoot in video, typically I'm shooting in wide angle. And so yeah. everything is, you know, is distorted as far as the, the perception of how far things are or how steep things yeah. are. 
Um, and so, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty stinking close. <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. a, a bear. <laughs> Steven's like, I'm like, shut up, Wes. Just keep going. Don't like, stop. Because at that point, I'm already. Uh, I'm. I'm starting to make the hill climb. So you're. I was freaking worried. out of going up. Yeah, I was already worried that if he slowed down or stopped in the like, you know, on the way up the hill, that man, then, you know, which would which would you know create a bigger mess, mostly for me because I'm I'm much lighter weight. Yeah, trying you know, to get going. So again, I, I can't. Tough. Trying yeah. to get, yeah, and uh, and so all I was thinking in my head was like, just keep going, <laughs> don't stop, quit, quit messing around with bears. Yeah, quit being, I mean, like, what is it with us and bears? Oh no, yeah, oh man, that's funny. Well, oh, man, see, y'all are this is a tricky one because I'm like, I don't want to, it's not almost, I'm almost there to get another bike, but. I was just about to ask. I was like, "So when can we expect you to get get a uh, get a bike, get back on two wheels?" Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If if I can, I told Wes that I want to come up on board on on this trip, mm-hmm. um, which we're trying to figure out because it's going to be shorter uh, time. So um, the wifey said I could I could go if it's a shorter time than you know than the, the past one so that would be that'd be super yeah, cool steven you yeah. haven't heard this but we were we were talking about maybe uh jose being able to go along on a sport vehicle and uh obviously oh, okay okay he would be required to like make some street tacos or something for us for breakfast or <laughs> something like that he wouldn't be able to just freeload i, I would uh-huh. have to go ahead in front of y'all kill something and cook it on an outdoor fire of <laughs> some sort. I'm, I'm sure I could make that happen with my skills. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. See if you can we'll kill see. some I, cabbage, because you know I'm being, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Yeah, no, kill we'll, some cabbage. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Sounds like a good name for this kill podcast. Cab- uh, cabbage. Killing cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, I think I'm going to wrap it up. I don't want it to take too long, but this is, I feel like this is just literally, I feel like we're just like starting like the tipping point with y'all and us together because we have so many crazy stories. We got some camping stories. Um, we got some, yeah, anyway, there's all sorts of funkiness. Uh, bear we, stories. Bear stories. More bear stories. Oh, my goodness. Such a teaser to the next bear story. So, um, it is, it sure is. It is. So, we'll, we'll do that one another time. So, well, Wes, Steven, thanks for uh, coming sure. along on episode two. Uh, it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna just put it out and let people have fun with it. And hopefully, people get excited about motorcycles again. I think, you know, I think that'd be something because it was dying there for a little bit. Motorcycle, yes. um. You know, and and I think there's been a resurgence, maybe. I I don't know if that's the right word, but it kind of feels like it. 
It's probably because of all the manly haircuts that's coming out, you know? People need, you're, like, all these guys need to figure out how to do manly stuff with their manly haircuts. You're like, you gotta do, you, you can't just have the red wings <laughs> boots and not actually do something manly with it, you know? You know, the, the, man, the man bun fell, you know, fell to its feet, and <laughs> now, now we've got, like, real manly haircuts coming through. You're like, you gotta do you gotta, something with that axe. You, yeah, you gotta do something. <laughs> that beard needs needs a companion. Exactly. You know? <laughs> oh man, that's so awesome. All right. Well, thanks for joining me. Thanks, guys, for uh, checking out my podcast. Uh, this is such a fun thing yeah. to do. I'm gonna do another one. Uh, maybe tomorrow. We'll see. I don't know. I'm doing as much as I can with. Uh, I'm still trying to run a business while all this is going on. Um, yeah, it's. We are, I think we're just all trying to figure out how to do life and business and family and still keep our sanity and have some fun at the same time, you know. I think that's that's what I miss about having a motorcycle is just being able to hop on it and just clear my mind, you know. Yeah. Um, that Even if it was 15 minutes, yeah. you know. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Steven, what's your thoughts on, on just getting away on a bike? Oh man, personally, like once you, once you get one of these, uh, like, you know, cross country trips under your belt, it's really hard <laughs> to, to just go on a 15 minute trip. You know, it's, it's, yeah. the, the, that's a hard one. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a tough one, but if you yeah. haven't been on a, a big trip like that before, then yeah, I mean, go drive around town for a little bit and you know feel that air you know going going through and um and you know it'll be fine for me it's uh it's hard it's it's a hard it's hard to get motivated to get on my bike unless it's for a big trip trip. yeah going out of town for a little bit um and it doesn't have to be like a whole day but um maybe even just half a day is extended yeah Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wes, that's on just riding off. You know, it's, uh, I think it's therapy. I think it's really good. Yeah. Every so often, even if, you know, like Stephen was talking about, it, it is hard. We live in a small town. And uh, you're like, you know, okay, I've gone down these three streets. You know, what the heck is there to do in this town? Um, not a lot. Yeah. But uh, to get out, you know, for, you know, a good 30 minutes or so just to ride, even if I just ride in town, fill up with gas and come back. I mean, it just it just clears your head because you just you you have to focus on what you're doing. You forget about all yeah. the other things. And I think I mean, I really do. I think it's a form of therapy and uh, I think it's a really good thing. And for me, another part of that is working on the bike. You know, doing doing things to the bike, getting ready for the next ride. So, um, I think that's all important, and I think it's, um, I think it's something that a lot of people uh, will discover in the coming years. You know, and will will grow to love. I mean, it's man, I'll tell you what. Once you do it, it's uh, be careful because it's it's addictive. <laughs> yeah, I uh, <clears throat> unfortunately I sold my my motorcycle and I ended up I guess I was starting my real estate career so I I ended up buying a vehicle with it and a laptop (laughs) 
but it'll come again. So, with that Me said, and <laughs> Mrs. Jones, <laughs> I will start looking again. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll catch thanks for having us. Thank you. Hey, thanks for being on it. We'll do another one. We got we got to talk about cars next and trips and Costa Rica and many other things. So all right, all right, all right, man. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you.